You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome. Welcome into another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and I am honored to be with you here today. This is episode 29. We're diving into a very important topic, and that is a topic of sanctification. In our previous episode, episode 28, we talked about the topic of justification, the the idea that because of what Christ has done, our record is wiped clean. Justification is the thing that God does on our behalf for us, so, so that we are legally declared not guilty. Sanctification is different than justification in that it's the thing that God does in us to transform us so that we can live our lives in accordance with the fact that we've been justified. You know, in Romans 8, uh, the Apostle Paul tells us that we are predestined to be made into the image of his son, to look like Jesus. And so if I look at my life, you know, before Christ, before my faith, I didn't really act like Jesus a whole lot. You know, I wanted things that were sinful. I wanted things that were bad. I I treated people a certain way. I thought a certain way. I, I behaved a certain way. And my lifestyle didn't necessarily look the way Jesus looked, right? People wouldn't look at me and say, man, you live your life the way Jesus lived your life. Or people wouldn't look at you and say, man, you love people the way Jesus loved people. And, and the process of sanctification is the process that God takes us through to mold us and change us so that we will be more like Jesus, so that we will live our lives the way Jesus lived his life, so that we will love people the way Jesus loved people. Now, there's a variety of controversies surrounding the topic of sanctification. Some people would say, and most mainstream Protestants and evangelicals would say, that the process of sanctification is a lifelong process, that God is continually changing us and making us more like Jesus and and rooting out sin and rooting out our desires for sin and just making us more like Christ. So the mainstream traditional view, the predominant view amongst evangelicals and Protestants is that sanctification is a lifelong process, that we can't actually expect to reach the point where we've been completely sanctified in this life, that we're, that we're working to be more like Jesus, that we're trying to get rid of you know, our sins as God is sanctifying us, but it's not realistic to expect that we ever get to the point where we've eradicated all sin. And then there's a, another view that was made very popular by John Wesley in the 1700s, and so people that would call themselves classical Wesleyans or, or some people that are a part of certain denominations you know, really hold firm to the fact that God's power in us, his sanctifying power is is transforming us, not just transforming our ability to not succumb to sin, but transforming our ability to not even desire sin or have depravity in our souls, right? So let me just unpack it for just for a moment in kind of layman's terms. And so let me just recap. The traditional view, as I said a moment ago, is the view that is that God is working in us to the point where we no longer choose to engage in sin. And we get to the point where we are living more like Jesus, behaving more like Jesus, that we are sinning less. Um, but that traditional Protestant, traditional evangelical view never says that the, that the that the seed of sin is completely eradicated from us, just simply saying that, that over time God sanctifies us and gives us the power to say no to sin. Um, but the, the, this other view, the Wesleyan view, is different, saying that the power of God sanctifying us isn't just a power 
to get us to to say no to sin, but it's actually the power to to clean us of the, the thing inside of us even causes us to sin. And that God's sanctifying power progressively over the course of our life not only gives us the ability to behave better, but actually gives us the ability to actually become perfect, to be restored back to the way Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. That, that we're not just saying no to sin in our in, you know in the sanctifying power of God, but we're actually saying no to sin because we no longer are even sinful. And that that from the time you are you know uh, justified and saved by God until the end of your life, God's sanctifying power is working in you to actually root out your desire for sin. So again, so we have the the traditional view that um, sanctification is progressive over over a long period of time, and it gives us the power to overcome sin, but it doesn't actually remove sin from our flesh. It doesn't make us, you know, no longer desire sin. It just gives us the power to fight it off. Where the Wesleyan view is that sanctification is progressive over the course of our lifetime, but it's not just giving you the power to say no to sin or the power to be victorious over sin but that sanctification is actually God's work in you to basically remove all desire for sin in you and that you eventually reach a point of Christian perfection. Now, there is another view uh, that's not quite nearly as popular as the first two I've mentioned, but it is uh, you know, somewhat popular in a few circles of Christianity, and that is the idea of instant sanctification, that, that the moment you are saved, the moment you are justified, that you are also fully sanctified. That when you put your faith in Christ, you're fully justified and fully sanctified. It's basically the Wesleyan view, but on steroids. So rather than believing that over the course of your lifetime, you reach a point of Christian perfection, the belief is that the moment you believe in Christ, you instantly reach the point of Christian perfection. And the people who hold this view basically say, hey, the moment I came to faith in Christ, the moment I was fully justified and I believed in Jesus, like, I've never sinned ever since. I, you know, God gave me the power to never sin. And so whenever you ask people who hold this opinion and you say, hey, uh, well, you know, wh- why do Christians still sin? They would say one of two things. They'd say, one, they still sin because maybe they're not truly saved. Like they, that they say they're saved. They say they've been justified. But the fact that they keep sinning is the evidence that they're actually not really saved, that their belief is not genuine. Or if you ask someone in this camp, why do Christians continually sin? The other response they might give you is, well, Christians don't have to sin. They have the power to never sin. They've been fully sanctified, but because people keep telling them that sanctification is progressive, they keep choosing to sin. Right? Some people who believe in instant sanctification say that the only reason that Christians sin is because they don't believe in instant sanctification. Um, they claim that if you did believe in instant sanctification, that you would realize that you have been sanctified and that you would choose to stop sinning. Um, that, that the moment you were justified, you were fully sanctified and that you have the power to get rid of sin. And therefore, you simply just have to believe that and it would automatically result in you never sinning again or very, very rarely or occasionally sinning. So those are kind of the three main groups, the three main views on sanctification. And there are definitely other views, kind of sub-views or different variations of those views. Definitely hard to cover it uh, as thoroughly as, as maybe it deserves in, in a short podcast. And before I let you go, I think I'd probably be doing you a pretty big disservice if I didn't uh, kind of explain to you my perspective and, and where I stand. Uh, I take the first view that I covered here, and that is the, the traditional Protestant evangelical view. And that is that sanctification is progressive. It is a progress over the course of our lifetimes. 
and I don't believe it's realistic to achieve Christian perfection in this life, but I think the scripture makes it clear that we are guaranteed to reach a state of Christian perfection when we see Jesus face to face, which is which is really exciting. That's going to be an exciting day. Um, I do believe the sanctification begins uh, when we believe. You know, in the moment we are justified, we are a hundred percent completely justified, as if we've never sinned, and that is the moment where the process of sanctification begins. It's kind of the, the Kickstarter moment of this lifelong process, this beautiful process where God is working in us to make us look more like Jesus. And, and I think growing in sanctification is not, uh, not about having the power to overcome sin as much as the power to remember the gospel, because that is the thing that will give you the ability to then overcome sin. Whenever we remember the gospel, it's like fuel to sanctification. And as sanctification has its way in our lives, uh, we see God transforming us to to live like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to be more like Jesus. But it's key to remember that it is based on the gospel. Martin Luther said this, sanctification flows from justification. Man, I agree with Martin Luther 100%. The moment you forget about your justification and you try to work on your sanctification on your own, you quickly fall into legalism. And in fact, in our next episode, we got a great interview with Mike Adams to kind of talk about that. He he says that legalism is sanctification run amok. And so I would say when whenever you come to approach sanctification, yes, you should be fighting against your sin. Yes, we want to eradicate the things in our lives that uh, you know don't look like Jesus. But the reality is it's all about remembering the gospel. And the more I remember the gospel, the, the less I even want to sin, right? I, I see sanctification at work in my life whenever the gospel is front and center. When I'm thinking about justification, I'm thinking about God's grace, I'm thinking about his, his mercy, when I'm thinking about his affection for me, I, I naturally find myself hating my sin and fighting against it. The final thought of sanctification that I think is important to remember is that God promises that sanctification will finally have its way in your life. It is a great promise in Philippians 1, 6. The Apostle Paul is writing that it is he who began the good work in you and it is he who will finish it. Like God started it and God's going to finish what he started. That's the promise that God gave us. It's dependent on his ability to complete the work and his faithfulness to us, which is way more awesome and way more exciting if my sanctification were based upon my ability to do it, I would be in serious trouble. Let me give you one quick resource that you can check out if you are interested in studying more on the topic of sanctification. A, a great book from Zondervan called The Five Views on Sanctification. And they've got five different scholars from five different perspectives on, on sanctification. And each one kind of defends uh, you know, their view. Um, the book does cover the three main views that I've covered in this podcast, and it does cover two additional perspectives that are more like variations of, of the perspectives that I've already talked about here. So you check that book out, The Five Views of Sanctification, published by Zondervan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, sanctification is essential to the life of the Christian, so I sure hope this episode has been an encouragement to you and insightful to you. If you'd like to connect with me, the best way to do that is actually on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z, at Kenneth Ortiz. Reminder to everyone, please make sure you subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and on all major podcast-catching apps. 
If you have a question or a topic that you'd like to have answered on the podcast, please shoot us an email. Hey Ortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Our intro and outro theme music for this episode has been Up Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. <laughs>